0: We are still in our series of eternal life. What's next? And today we're going to be giving an introduction to the new heaven and new earth. So remember back five or six sessions ago, we had a timeline. It's over here, coming up real quick here, and uh, and in it we talked about just different, you know, uh, periods of heaven. And our focus has been present heaven, where we go today, the millennium, which happens right after Jesus comes back, and then the new heaven and new earth. And today we want to talk about that or begin talking about it. Now, let me just say this. Much of what we're going to say about the new earth and the new heaven could apply to the present heaven and the millennium as well, especially to the millennium. Uh, For example, being in the presence of Jesus, unexplainable joy and peace. Uh, It's just that there's a lot more written about the new earth and the new heaven than there is about present heaven and even the millennium. So, and let's say this again. We've said it before, but let's say it again, that there are many things that we do not know. And whenever you give a teaching like this, there's always a 100 questions. Well, what about this and what about that? We could get to some of that in the next few weeks. Uh, but there's a lot that we don't know and there's a lot that we do know. Obviously, we're gonna focus on what we do know. So today is gonna be an introduction to the new heaven and new earth. Okay, let's start by looking at Revelation chapter 21. The first, well, let's just kind of do the first five verses for now. Then I saw, and by the way, this is the chapter after the millennium. Jesus has come back. The second resurrection's already happened. The great, the white, great throne judgment's already happened. And then he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying are pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, right, for these words are faithful and true. Okay. Uh, lots in here. And again, this is going to be an introduction. There's going to be a lot of things I'm not going to include, or I'm just going to maybe just kind of introduce. We'll get into it a little bit greater detail in the next uh, couple weeks. First of all, the first heaven and the first earth are going to pass away. It's just kind of, it's like 2 Corinthians 5, 7 thing. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. There will be a new earth and a new heaven. They're gonna be the same. It's like there's a big merger coming, earth and heaven together. And it's going to, heaven comes down on earth It's a new heaven, it's a new earth. All is made near. Now, this is important for us to understand because a lot of people are still kind of, uh, uh, they don't realize that there is going to be a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. And by the way, we're going to have new bodies, right? All things are going to be new. The old things passed away. And this is where God's gonna live with us. It says, you know, behold the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them. So he's gonna come back and he's gonna live in this heaven earth. Let's go back to the very beginning of the Bible. God created the earth, it was good. He created man and woman, that was good. He placed them in the, uh, <coughs> in the garden it was called Eden. Everything was perfect. Actually, the uh, Greek word for uh, Eden or the garden was paradise. There was life there. Uh, Actually, there's the tree of life. You know, God walked with man and woman, and he created them in his own image, according to his own likeness, it says. But man allowed, and we all know this, Man allowed sin to come in and to corrupt this world. Death entered in this world. But the promise was that one day things would be reversed and it would kind of go back. That day comes as Jesus becomes king over the world and reigns it with justice and righteousness and joy and peace and agape love. So God's going to restore the earth back to the way he intended for it to be at the very beginning. And it's going to be even much, much more and much, much greater. There's going to be a day when God's going to restore, renew, redeem everything. And those are words that we see, you know, when we see the description of heaven in the future. That happens as heaven and earth are created new and become one again. Now, people, including a lot of Christians, think of our final destination is way up in the clouds and we're sort of dismembered bodies floating around. No, that is a picture that's not in the scripture. The picture in the scripture is very clear. There's a new earth and a new heaven that's combined. And that's where we're gonna live forever and ever. Now, we can read about this in Revelation 20, 21, and a lot of different places. Let me just kind of mention a couple places also. Look at Isaiah 65, verse 17. We've already read in Revelation 21, but it says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind. Isaiah, uh, that's Isaiah 65, I'm sorry. Isaiah 66, verse 22, he's talking again. He says, for just as the new heavens and the new earth, which I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so your offspring and your name will endure. In 2 Peter um, chapter 3, verse 12, 13, I guess, uh, but according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now, those are just a few places where it talks about new heaven, or sometimes it's called new heavens, and new earth. That's in the future, after the millennium. And actually, there's a number of passages that we're going to refer to. And, um, you know, there's uh, Revelation twenty twenty one. There's Isaiah 65, 66. I encourage you to read these. Now, not everything in every one of these verses, especially Isaiah, pertain to just the future. Sometimes it kind of goes back, but it talks a good bit. Uh, There's Romans 8, 18 through about 25. You may want to take a screenshot of this. Isaiah 11, Ezekiel 47, and actually there's a lot of other places too. Those are just some places that we're going to be referring to. Now today... Is going to be an introduction, so I'm just going. I'm not going. I may refer to some passages, but we will probably not get into looking at a lot of specific things into the next couple of weeks. Okay, but here's the thing: God created this world in the beginning. The earth was something beautiful. In fact, he he said, and it was good. Right? He isn't finished with this world. Now we may look at this world. We may say, let's just get rid of it all. And, but he's going to make it new. And that comes, that's going to be our destination, our inheritance. Okay, some characteristics of the new earth in heaven. And again, there's a lot of things we don't know. We might can guess, but there are some things we do know. And I'm just going to kind of go through some of these today. And again, we're going to build on these a little bit later. First of all, Jesus will be at the center. It will be perfect, you know. Now I, I know it's kind of hard to imagine. Well, Jesus is going to be the sinner. What does that mean? Because there's going to be, you know, lots of people there. You know. Well, the only way I can describe it: think of a time that you were really in the presence of God, and think of the peace and the joy, the uh, times of refreshing that you felt just being in the presence of God. Now multiply that times thousands. And then it's not just for half an hour or 15 minutes or even two or three hours, it's for all of eternity. That's what it's going to be like with Jesus, you know, at the center of this new earth and this new heaven. One thing you can, and you really see this in Revelation chapter 20, 21, light is mentioned over and over and over. Light will be brighter than anything we've ever seen seen before. But it's not going to be blinding, because after all, we've got new bodies. We can absorb it. But it it, it actually says that light's not going to come from the sun or moon or stars. It's going to come from the throne of Jesus. And it's just going to be, it's just going to be, uh, everything's going to be bright. It's going to be, uh, there's going to be light everywhere. And, uh, And everything's going to be brighter than it ever was before. Another thing that's kind of mentioned over and over is glory, God's glory. It's going to cover everything. Uh, You know, verse uh, verse, uh, 17, um, in verse, um, no, 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 in verse 21, yeah, verse 17, no, I've got the wrong verse here, maybe verse 22, nope, it's not there. But but anyway, uh, uh, there's... His glory, or verse 11, it says, having the glory of God. You know, everything is going to have, it's going to radiate God's glory in this new earth and this new heaven. It's also a place prepared for the bride. Remember, we've already kind of looked at this, but verse 2 of chapter 21, Revelation, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride ordained or adorned for her husband, and the bride, by the way, is mentioned over and over in these last two chapters. What does that tell us? I think it tells us the bride is very important to Jesus. You know, that's why, I personally, I get very concerned when Christians talk about not needing the church. Well, just kind of my relationship with you know me and God—that's all that's really necessary. Now I understand that the church isn't perfect as of now. But God is perfecting it. But it also says that Jesus loves the bride. That's who he's coming back from. That's where he's, it's for the bride that he's prepared this fabulous city, this, this new earth, this new heaven. And, and I think we can conclude from that, that relationships are a very important part of what God has for us. Not broken relationships, or dysfunctional relationships that we know well too well here on this earth, but relationships that are whole, the way that God created and desired for relationships to be. You know, we also see that, you know, this new earth, this new heaven is also described as a city, the new Jerusalem, you know, the one that in Hebrews 11, it talks about how Abraham was looking for that city whose architect and builder is God. What, 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 what's the one thing about cities? It's where people congregate, right? You know, they live together. And that's the way it's going to be here. You know, there's going to be um, many, many people there. In fact, I remember the promises that God gave to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Your descendants will be like the sand of the seashore or another place. They're going to be like the stars of the sky. They're going to be like the dust of the earth. There's going to be a lot there, right? And brothers and sisters, we're going to have have many, many of all ages, you know, and there's going to be perfect fellowship, perfect koinonia, fellowship with God and with one another. And so one of the characteristics of this new earth and new heaven is relationships and the beauty of relationships that God intended from the beginning and that he wants to kind of bring into the church, you know, where there's a unity, where there's a oneness, you know, uh, that is what he has prepared for us and fellowship that we will experience continually. Okay, another thing we know, There'll be no more corruption or greed or hate or power-hungry people who ruin all of society in the world. In fact, the curse will be reversed. And what's the opposite of a curse? Blessing. That's right. It's going to be blessing instead of a curse. There's going to be wholeness in soul, spirit, and body. And that's why he says, there's not going to be any more tears. There's not going to be any more pain. And he's talking about more than just outward pain. He's talking about inward pain as well. Another thing, and we don't often think about this, but it says in Romans 8 that even creation will be redeemed. In fact, uh, look, look, look at Romans 8. You know, uh, we just look at just a couple of the verses here. Um, uh, Romans 8, starting verse 19, it says, um, For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. By the way, that's us. We kind of reach our full destiny. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption and to the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together into now. Now, I don't understand all that, but somehow God's intention for this wonderful world he made. And by the way, you could also throw into galaxies and stars because that's all of his creation. But it's a lot easier to kind of visualize here. All of God's creation was He created it for what? For us to enjoy. And God's glory, we know from the scriptures, is expressed through His creation. Now it's been tarnished a lot. Now I know that we've polluted it. We've we've uh, we've taken advantage of it. We try to just get everything we can out of it. But it's going to be redeemed, and it implies that there's, that there's, well, let's just kind of look. Look at Isaiah 55. And again, don't ask me to explain exactly what this means, but it sounds kind of exciting to me. Isaiah 55, let's just look at verse 12. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. You know, uh, you know when I read, let's say, like the uh, the the Narnia books written by C.S. Lewis. You know, and you know they're the the trees are doing all sorts of things, creations doing all sorts of things. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know for sure that we may see some of that type of thing. You know, but we do know they're going to be rejoicing. Um, um, Isaiah eleven gives us another little picture. And by the way, this is mentioned in a couple of different places. But verse six, and the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat and not get eaten, obviously. And the cat and the young lion and the fatling together and the little boy will lead them. Also, the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the like the ox. The nursing child will play. By the whole of a cobra, of the cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in my holy mountain. In other words, there's not going to be aggression. There's not going to be domination from of one person or one group over the other. For the earth will be filled of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. So yes creation is going to be restored in a way that none of us have ever seen. Another thing about this new earth in heaven, no more death. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of read that already in Revelation uh, 20. It's repeated a couple of times. Uh, it's, uh, you know, decay and death is a part of this world, but not later in the next world, you know. Actually, entropy which is the second law of thermodynamics, says that everything is deteriorating. Everything's falling apart. You know, and that includes, you know, it could be nature, it could be our bodies. We could probably extend that to society, institutions, countries. Everything tends to disintegrate. But that's going to be reversed. And that's going to be exciting. Another thing, this could be the tree of life there. This going could be the river of life, the river of living waters running through it. And, uh, and those who drink of it are just constantly refreshed. And uh, there's life like Zoe life. Therefore, there's not gonna be any shame. There's not gonna be any guilt. There's not gonna be any of those things that we struggle with right now. We are going to be complete. We're gonna be whole. Another thing, the nations are still gonna be there. In fact, uh, you can look at uh, Isaiah uh, 60. You can also look at Revelation chapter uh, 20. Talks about it. You know that the nations are going to walk by the light of Jesus. You know, uh, and you know, but there's not going to be competition among the nations. In fact, the very best of every culture is going to bring is going to go forth, and the ugliness of all of every culture, because every culture has ugly things, and they've got beautiful things. Beautiful things because God created that way. And But we're gonna be working together, or we're gonna be bringing our unique beauty to worship Jesus. And we're gonna have a complete worship because all cultures, all nations, all tribes, all languages, the beautiful things, we're all gonna be expressing praise and worship to him and working together. Jerusalem will be the focal point of the earth. It's called the New Jerusalem, isn't it? So there's going to be a new, restored, redeemed Jerusalem. And I think it's ironic that Jerusalem, it means a city of peace. And uh, 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 Jerusalem has had more wars fought over it. It's been conquered and reconquered and torn down and rebuilt more than any other city on this planet. City of peace? Yes, because for most of eternity, that's what it's going to be. And it's going to be ruled by the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Um, You know, you look at the description of this new Jerusalem and the city uh, in Revelation 21, 22, and it describes it in just a beautiful way it's just it's going to be brilliant it's going to be fabulous it's going to be it's going to be like no other city ever ever and finally i just like to say everything beautiful about this earth will most likely remain it will just be made new only it's going to be a hundred times or maybe a thousand times more beautiful more fascinating more enjoyable it has been We talked about this last time. It's been prepared for us since the foundation of the world. This is our inheritance. And by the way, we didn't deserve it. We certainly didn't earn it. But we are are vessels of God's grace and mercy. Uh, We talked about this another time. That's why our position is going to be actually higher than that of the angels. Because we're going to understand grace and mercy like the angels never had an opportunity to. And, uh, and this is the inheritance that God has given us. So in conclusion, part of the main thing we wanna say is that there's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth that are going to merge together and it's going to descend upon this earth. The old things passed away, new things have come. New earth, new heaven, New Jerusalem, and this new place will be inhabited by redeemed men and women with new bodies. It is our inheritance in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are preparing a place for us that, Lord, to be honest, we can't even really imagine. And I know we've talked a little bit of just by way of introduction today of just things that are characterized this place that you're preparing for us as an inheritance. Lord, we pray Lord that you would give us a vision for this. And as we've kind of said in earlier sessions, we want to be living our lives here on earth in a way that prepares us for what you've, for what you've prepared for us. And, uh, and Lord, we want to be sharing the good news that other people would understand your plan of redemption, your plan of regeneration, that they too can be a part of this and live forever and ever with you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.